Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad and with me is Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to you too, Ben. Today we are going to be talking about cars because that's what me and Ben are all about. Well, not all about, just mostly about. Isn't that right, Ben? 99%. Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists and we are here to talk to you about some of the funniest and weirdest things that we've seen uh, in this industry and some of the new important stuff we're talking about as well, right? That's that's the idea. They tend to be one and the same, so that's <laughs> that's useful. So today, Ben, I want to talk to you about a car that's been uh, hitting the publications, um, at least the covers of the publications. Maybe not the covers. Maybe a couple of the pages in. Uh, it's called the Nissan Rogue Sport. Now you had a chance to drive this car, and I believe you sna- you you snatched up that chance. You really took that chance, and you drove this car, and you have some things to say about it. Well, I mean, I took the chance. It's not like the kind of chance you take when you don't pack your own chute while while uh, skydiving. But uh, we went down to to Nashville and drove it there very briefly. It was a it was a it was a quick drive. It was I think I drove it for maybe three hours um, in the morning. And uh, Nissan's headquarters is based in the Nashville area. So they do a, a fair number of programs down there, and uh, the, what you're looking at it's it's a smaller version of the sport, sorry, of the Rogue, but not really. So the Rogue is the most popular Nissan, and not only is it the most popular Nissan, it's the fourth best-selling vehicle in the United States. It's um, also extreme. It's, I think it's the most popular crossover uh, this year. I it's, think, it, so far. it's well beyond that. I, I believe that in the first quarter of 2017, it's outsold the F-150. What? Yeah. That's so crazy. that is that is crazy. Uh, that would make it the best-selling vehicle in North America for that period of time. And and in, in order to cash in on this, the smart thing for Nissan to do was to create another Rogue. But they didn't just take like the existing Rogue and then like chop off six inches and, and weld things together again. What they actually did was import something from another market called the Kashkai. It's a uh, a similar look. Well, they made it look similar to the Rogue. It's smaller. It's de- but it's still compact. If you look at the, the the Rogue now, it's kind of edged up into the small midsize segment. You can get mm-hmm. a three row version. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of going subcompact, which so many car companies have done, if you look at Mazda with the CX-3 compared to the CX-5, the CX-3 yeah. is really tiny. It's and tiny. It's almost unusable, like the, the rear seats in the in the cargo space. It's exactly. not really an SUV at all. No, and, and the it's more like a jacked-up hatchback. And the, mm-hmm. the, the Renegade from Jeep, similarly sized, uh, has less of a hatchback feel, but it's also not very big in the back. So I was curious about the Nissan Rogue Sport and whether it would be a similar thing. But no, this is a very uh, usable vehicle. And in fact, it's it's targeted towards the same people that the Renegade and the CX-3 is targeted against. It's uh, it's not for families. It's for couples or singles who they just want more space. They want, you know, the room to throw in all their gear, go somewhere for the weekend, and then come home again and not have to worry about whether it fits in the trunk. But... Uh, they did a really good job of separating the vehicles. They 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 look similar but different. Uh, as weird as that is to say, um, the styling is is well done. You see the family resemblance, but it's not like a carbon copy of the other. But mm. it was funny. They had them both sitting in the same kind of presentation room when we were first seeing the vehicles, and it got me wondering about what other SUVs there are out there that they could make a smaller version of and then call sport. You know, well, because like, I, I mean, they could have called it a cash guy, but they didn't. Well, they do in Canada, right? 
because Canada is funny, right? So Me and Canada you are both gets from Canada. We have a great sense of humor. We would love say, we love saying weird words like cash Kai and Sam Squanch and <laughs> and Ogo Pogo and what else do we we say? Um, Ojibwe a bunch of times. Wow. We say Ojibwe a bunch of times. Yeah, but Ojibwe is not a funny word. Ojibwe is a respectful word meant to uh, describe a, a tribe of native people in Canada. I can't same, believe you went there, Sammy. Saga. And what else? What other? We have all these names. Keep everyone digging likes, your hole, Sammy. Everyone likes saying cool, cool names like that. Different funny names. They're fun. So America They're doesn't get the say. cash guy, but it gets the sport. Because so, you know, in America, you know what they say? Sport. They call you know when I was uh, well, even in in North America, when when you're when you're a troubled <laughs> kid, and you're 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 screwing up in front of your dad, and you just want him, you just want to go. You know, he would be like. Hey, sport, what do you say? We go uh, throw this ball around. And <laughs> uh, Sport's what your dad calls you when you have when he either has too many sons and he can't remember all their names <laughs> yeah. or when he's like constantly at a le- at like he- he's just checked out like all the time. Like he comes home from work, but he didn't really come home from work. You know what I mean? It, or in general, even like uh, that's what people say, like even in the workplace, like they use it like chief or ace or, oh, yeah. or champ. Right? It's like, like calling everybody champ. baby so you don't have to remember their names. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's what they did with the sport. They didn't want to the rogue sport. Uh, it's the smaller rogue that um, that you just forgot the real name for, which is Cash Guy. <laughs> so like, so why don't we get you know this? W- w- what's next? Are we gonna get the suburban sport? Are they gonna get rid of the Tahoe and they're just gonna call it the suburban sport? Oh, see that one's that one can totally go to to like Champ, like Hey Champ, like suburban Champ. And Champ. I don't know suburban sports SS, and that's kind of a Chevy thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking, um, another sport model would be the, let's see, the RAV4 sport. Hmm? Hmm? What would it look like? It would look, <clears> like, <throat> a, it would look like a smaller RAV4. Why not? Like the old two-door cute utes that we had in the 90s, like when we had the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the two-door. But they already had that with the CHR. The CHR is not two doors. It looks it. Yeah, but I'm talking about like a legit two-door <laughs> RAV4 Sport Turbo uh, <laughs> Turbine Genesis. I'm just saying words now, but um, I've noticed that. I'll keep you going though. <laughs> what about a Ford Flex Sport, Ooh. where instead of a rectangle, it's just a square? Yeah, yeah, perfect square. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like the mini of flexes. Like it's got the wheels at all four quarters. <laughs> I think that'd be nice. A and Ford it still Flex. has it still has the EcoBoost. Still has the 365 horsepower. Oh yeah, that's not uh, that's not road that's not like overkill at all. That'd be perfect on the road. Uh, and that one that could actually use the term sport to de- to like define the way it drives, which would be sporty in some way or another. And it's fast. Uh, I was thinking more like um, I thought maybe the Equinox uh, Sport would be really interesting. What would be interesting about that? Nothing at all, actually. I take it back. <laughs> I don't find the Equinox interesting at all, and I suppose wow. a smaller version of it would be uh, maybe slightly more interesting than the tracks, than the Chevrolet tracks. What about a Ford F-150 Sport that's like a short box? And don't they it's... have one? Isn't the trim level of the F-150 literally called the Sport? No. Well, or hear me out. And it's 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 like six-eighths the size of it that it is now. <laughs> and it comes with like a, a hydraulic suspension system so you can roll on three three wheels. Yeah, that's dope. That'd be uh, it's like it's pretty much a gangster um, ranchero or a Grand Cherokee Sport. That's oh, yeah. two. That's two doors. I like. Ha- 
the idea of having grand in front of the name and then sport at the end of it. Which yeah, just, well, like, or maybe you could just call it the Champ Cherokee. The Champ Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. Chief. Champ Cherokee Chief. They used to have a Cherokee Chief. That was two doors. Yeah. So there, there you go. The, the, that was back in the 70s. So uh, the, the marketing acumen that they possessed back then still calls the shots in 2017, it would seem. We've come full circle. That's pretty impressive. Um, this Rogue Sport, though, it's, it's a, is it a recommended vehicle? I mean, you've driven some of these smaller crossovers. Now, this slots in between where the Rogue is and where the Juke is. Ah, here's the thing. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't mention the Juke. Here's the weird thing. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they had this, uh, they had a big presentation um, for the vehicle, right? And they had a slide in the presentation that had, it's like, here's all the Nissan SUVs that we have. And they had the Pathfinder and the Armada, and they had the, the Sport, the Rogue Sport and the regular Rogue. And there was no juke. And it was funny because it was like a two by three grid. So you had three and then two on the bottom. And then this big gap like in the corner where the juke would be. And and yeah. I was like, so is there is the juke done? And they're like, oh, no, the juke's there. It's just kind of a different demographic. And I'm like, all of these SUVs have different demographics. I don't I don't get where you're going with this. Um but uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. I think they consider the the Juke to be kind of a, a jacked up hatchback of its own, and I don't think they they definitely don't because at the Nissan USA website, when you go to the vehicles and you go to the crossover section, the first one is the Juke. Well, so now now what? What do we do? What do we, I'm scared. I think things are just changing. I think the world is always changing, and uh, I think we're caught up in a wave that we barely understand. That sounds about right. I'm okay with that. And uh, they also position the Juke as something that's fun to drive. And while they say the Rogue Sport is fun to drive, that's just something you have to say when you release a smaller vehicle, <laughs> a smaller version of an existing vehicle. I mean, it's nothing bad about the Rogue Sport when it drives, but it's it's not quick. Um, it only weighs 200 pounds less than the regular Rogue, even though it's considerably shorter and, t- and lower. So oh, oh. it's making do with a lot less power. I think it's 141 horsepower. And doesn't sound like much either. It's really not. And... Uh, it's not it's not a driver's vehicle, which is fine because it's not meant to be a driver's vehicle. But now, the Juke is a driver's vehicle. Now I would say that the the Rogue um, the Rogue does a few things for me. I, I do like the the look of it. It looks extremely practical as well in terms of space and, and storage uh, for what it is, and it's going to be pretty affordable. But what I saw about the Rogue that I really hope makes it into the Rogue Sport, and we had a little bit of a conversation about this last week is uh, not the Star Wars um, Star Wars uh, Nissan Rogue, 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 Rogue Sport, Rogue, Back <laughs> well, to the Future yeah. Challenge Edition? No, no. What really was interesting about the Rogue is they put some tracks on it and call it the Rogue Warrior. Um, what I need to know is if there's going to be a Rogue Sport Warrior. Or Rogue Warrior Sport? Or that Warrior you can just sport jam rogue? into like a UFC fight with like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Conor McGregor versus the Rogue Rogue Sport Warrior Track Rogue. And it's going to go five rounds, and it's going to go the distance. But in the end, the Rogue Sport is going to reveal its glass jaw, and it's going to get knocked out or submitted uh, by, by McGregor. And, yeah. and they're, both going to get, they're both going to get paid $200 million for the fight. That's a, pretty, that's a, that's a decent bargain. I'm, I'm sure Nissan would go for that. Um, why... Would you think uh, Cash Guy just wouldn't work out in America? You know, I don't know. It's not that weird of a name. 
Kashkai? It's not easy to spell, but it's easy to say. Uh, I'm not looking at the name of it right now. Let me try to let me try it's to spell Q-A-S-H-Q-A-I. it. Q A S H U A I. Nailed it. Without even trying, were you looking at it? Were you just writing it? No, down? no. I just I see a word like Kashkai, and it's seared into my brain. <laughs> yes, immediately. Um, that's pretty cool. But um, you know what? We were also talking about something else um, that Nissan. I I would love to see Nissan do with this car is uh, is create a an infinity version of it. I think small luxury um, crossovers are extremely popular. We've seen that happen with the QX30, which is an interesting vehicle, but not very practical. It's like too small. And I think the Rogue Sport would be really, really, um, really practical. And it would slot between the QX30 and the QX50, which is big and powerful and sporty. I don't know if there's room in that slot. Do you think there's room there? Because the QX50 is not that big. People love luxury. Well, the new one has become bigger. It's well, become bigger, but it's still not that big. Well, then they botched it if they if it hasn't become bigger. Whoa, whoa, whoa! They botched it. Are 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 you listening, Infinity? Sammy has passed judgment on your entire product strategy in the SUV segment. <laughs> it's you know what I will say. It's it's a blast to drive in the driver's seat. Those cars are always great. But the, but people now are are less interested in driving dynamics when it comes to these crossovers, these luxury crossovers. I think they're more interested in practicality and space. And I honestly think, you know what, we've seen this. I think it's called uh, bra- uh, badge engineering. When you take the, the, a badge from a car that you, you currently know and work, and, is, it, I mean work and, it's, and it works, and you apply it to something else, you maybe change the trim levels up a little bit um, in, the, in the packaging to make it suit another brand. Is that... A good way to describe brand, brand, badge engineering? I can't even what, get it out today. What would you say is the worst example of badge engineering in the history of badge engineering? Um, any of the trucks. Uh, something like I would always bring up the 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 Nissan Frontier and the Equator, the Suzuki Equator, I think it is, or the Isuzu Equator. I can't remember which one it was. I thought the Equator was a Ram. Was it? Yeah, See, I thought it was. I can't a, remember, right? Like, I thought it was a, a, a car uh, that was so obscure. I thought it was a version of the Durango, not the Durango. Sorry, the Dakota, Suzuki Equator, and the Dodge Dakota were the same. There you go. Okay. Um, and then what was the other one I'm thinking of? I don't know. I don't know what the what, what Nissan did with the uh, the badge engineering. I mean, for for trucks, you had the uh, B2000 or B200, whatever it was, oh, the yeah. Mazda version of the of the Ranger. That was pretty popular. Um, my my pick, I think would be the Cadillac Cimarron, which was an abomination oh, yeah, of that vehicles. Was a, that was completely junk, right. So it was it was a Chevrolet Cavalier, uh, first generation Chevrolet Cavalier, one of the worst vehicles. My mother had one. It was brown. Um, it was terrible. It was an absolutely terrible vehicle. And what they did was take all that horribleness about the Cavalier and put a Cadillac badge on it and, like, triple mm. the price. <laughs> And and sell it back to people who I guess were I don't know if, I don't think blind people are legally allowed to drive, but uh, that seem would seem to be the only demographic to be uh, in the market for this car. I've seen one in my lifetime on the road, uh, and it was actually moving under its own power, which is impressive in itself. <laughs> You're but so brutal. <laughs> it was a huge huge debacle for Cadillac because not only did the car suck, like it was just not inspiring in any way. It was not reliable, so it had constant problems. But the other issue was they had marketed it 
very much like it was going to be like some kind of sporty answer to European luxury right. <laughs> in like the early to mid 80s. And uh, it's it's interesting because that's a if you flash forward a decade, you end up with almost exactly the same situation for the Katera, which is yeah. another great badge engineered Cadillac that was not different enough from the vehicle, the Opal that it was based on. And it wasn't at least in this instance, it wasn't a terrible vehicle. Like the Katera had some merits, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a three series fighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, while you were while you were talking, I actually looked up uh, the equator and the... oh, instead of listening to me, you were doing your own thing. Okay, I was listening. I, I agree with you on that on these Cadillacs. It seems it's very interesting that GM was uh, was really like unashamed in in just slapping these badges around. Um, and I think it's... the way you described it as well, badge engineering, was when you can make a minivan and sell it as a Pontiac, a um, a Chevy and an Oldsmobile? Was that the way you... you the just, silhouette. The silhouette. The tran, Was it the Transport? Yes, which is what I learned to drive on. And the... What's the name of the Chevy product? The Lumina. Ah, so that's an ah. even... So the, the Lumina is a, an even weirder chapter of, of GM branding because they came out with a Lumina that was a coupe, a, a sedan, and a van. And they were all that's, called Lumina. That's right. That's right. And that seems so weird now, you know, like, because it wasn't even like Lumina and Lumina Sport. You know what I mean? Like, it was, <laughs> it was just like, they're all, you could walk into a Chevy dealership and say, I want the Lumina. And they'd be like, ah, and then you'd be like, ah. <laughs> well, I mean, what I think is funny is that today, despite there being a coupe, a sedan and a van of that, if they were going to make a Lumina Sport today with that same situation, the Sport would be the van. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're hundred percent right. And then the coupe would be All the right, champ. sorry, I don't... <laughs> yes, the coupe would be the champ, or the uh, the boss. Um, Lumina boss. I, uh, I, checked that, I checked it up. The the car you were thinking of that shared its uh, DNA with the Dodge Dakota is the Mitsubishi Raider. Ah, that and makes sense. Suzuki, and I was I was right. The Suzuki Equator was, was indeed a frontier. Well, you but, see how confusing badge engineering is? Oh, Neither of us had any idea what was going on. I've never even heard of a Mitsubishi Raider, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Um, um, you know, uh, sidebar, uh, Andre the Giant used to used to call everybody boss because he didn't want to remember everyone's name. <laughs> oh, that 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 goes a long way. Um, when I first met you, you used to call me um, boss. Quite often. I thought I called you Skeeter. Skeeter, that's right. Just because you couldn't remember my name, which was weird, or because I was just uh, skeeting around. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but we'll just go with it. Um, what else was a was a badge engineered car? Now, some people oh my god, well the list is the list is the long list but is distinguished. Endless. I would say my parents had the one of the different um, Chrysler van uh, variants, the Plymouth Voyager, the the Dodge Cad, uh, Caravan. And yeah. the Chrysler Town and Country. Town and Country. Those were the three different versions of that. Uh, my parents had the Plymouth Voyager. Um, it, it, it's you know um, another great example from a similar era to the vans you're talking about. Also sticking with the Chrysler theme is if you look at those DSM cars that came over, the uh, oh, Diamond right. Star Motors. So oh, you had those a laser. So sweet. You had a laser. Yeah. Uh, from Plymouth, you had the 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 Eagle Talon, mm-hmm. you had the Mitsubishi Eclipse, and you had the Dodge Daytona, and they all shared a lot with each other, especially those first three uh, in the first mm-hmm. generation at DSMs, the, the all-wheel drive turbo cars. 
and and you know what's funny is like if you go beyond badge engineering, those minivans you're talking about, they're based on the same platform as the Dodge Reliant and Plymouth Acclaim. Was it the Acclaim? Yeah, yeah, the front wheel uh, drive. This yeah, so that was that was uh, that that was the platform that saved Chrysler. So that's that's mm. not necessarily badge engineering, but it's definitely platform sharing to the extreme. But that's what's uh, happening nowadays with cars, right? Like the, these cars are super modular. Um, and they can be stretched and used in, in so many ways. So it goes to show the sort of um, forward thinking that Chrysler had back then. Well, they had no money, and they were, you know, they were they were on the verge of they were they were bankrupt. They went bankrupt, and they needed a product that was a home run. And they, you know, that's sounding really familiar. <laughs> so they ended up with one platform to rule them all, and it worked out. Uh, and they paid paid back their loans, and everyone was happy. Um, so- and then. Mer- they can totally go for this again. They should be going for this again. They should be looking at some badge engineering uh, to say. I mean, we've we've heard about this. Chrysler needs some needs some sales, needs some money, right? No, I don't think badge engineering is something you ever want to support. I mean, come on. Do you really do you like it, it killed? Badge engineering has killed more brands than it's saved. It killed Oldsmobile. Okay, to a lesser extent, Oldsmobile, but it it killed Pontiac. It killed uh, Plymouth. It killed oh, when Pontiac, Mercury. When it 100 percent killed Mercury. When Pontiac died, those cars were almost they, those weren't very badge engineered cars. The G8 didn't have a, a Chevy counterpart that was sold in in North America. That's the because G- it was a whole. That, but it was a badge engineered Holden. That's it right. Wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, an engineered Pontiac product. Neither was the GTO. And the and the well, I mean, yes, it's not a a. But those were very new vehicles in the North American market. I thought maybe their, their lack of success in the North American market is what really killed them. Well, the, I the problem, if, I mean, if you look at, we were talking earlier about the Katera, right, which was yeah. a badge-engineered Opel. So you end up with a product that was designed for Europe, let's say, or Australia. So that means that when they designed it, they did some research, in theory. <laughs> they figured <laughs> some, Just some. They figured out what people in that target market wanted in a car, and then they built that car. And then when you're in the United States... And you're like, let's import a car that was designed for a totally different market and hope it's what people want. <laughs> you know, that's when badge engineering becomes dangerous. There, you know, I, I listed all those examples. I, I feel like Oldsmobile had some different things going on. They had stuff like the Aurora. They had their V8 program that was pretty interesting. Um, but if you look at uh, in a modern context, Buick has been doing a ton of badge engineering with Opel. Right. Uh, they're kind of like the Cadillac has walked away from that and Buick's taking it over and it's worked for them. The yeah, Regal's so, the Regal's a good car. No one buys it, but it doesn't mean it's not a good car. Uh, is the is the the small Buick the entry level Buick the Encore or the no, Verano? The Verano was that a uh, an Opel as well? No, I thought that was based more on a Cruze. Okay, I think you might be right. But the Encore see, is like one of their most popular products, um, and that's a Chevrolet Trax. With a funky grill, the uh, the Colorado is also a semi badge engineered product. The where Colorado it's, it's, and the Canyon? No, it's 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 still a Chevrolet, but it's a Chevrolet that was designed for a different market and brought here. That's right. So that so it's 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 been changed, but it's not you know it wasn't designed for North America. It was altered for North America. Well, this is what we want with the the new Nissan. Um, a new Nissan Frontier, a new N- Nissan Frontier should be based on the global Navara. That's what we always think we want, uh, because we want a we, we want a new Frontier because that's a very old, busted truck, not busted, a very old, simple truck. Um, but Nissan says no, they want to bring a real truck 
and the Navara is not real enough of a truck. So I think, that's, I think, that's how I think you're it, showing the, the – that's how we can show the, the difference in opinion here. Well, I feel that the real reason we don't have a Navara is actually more financial-based than uh, than it is, has anything to do with a real truck or not a real truck. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about the chicken tax on the show before. Oh, that's correct, yeah. But that's what's keeping trucks like the Navara out. And for, for people who are not familiar, way back in the 50s or 60s, I can't remember which, the Germany and the United States had a war over chicken. Uh, specifically, it was related to imports of American chicken into Germany. Was this the Great War? Uh, it was the, a, it, World, the War, third, World War chicken? World War the third, Yes, the third poultry-based conflict between these two great nations. And um, the, Germany... The first ones did not end up so well, but it is why we have Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't remember the whole story, but I believe that's what happened. Wow, okay. I don't... Uh, all right, I'll let that pass. But... Sure. Um, 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 side, sidebar number two, my, my grand, my, uh, my grandfather actually, uh, brought Kentucky fried chicken to, to Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he, did he take part in the great war? He, he was not involved in the great, great chicken war, although, although I guess he, according to your version of history, he benefited from it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so anyway, Germany imposed these big tariffs on imported chicken, and the United States was like, well, how can we hit back without using nuclear weapons? And they, and they decided on a tariff on small trucks, because Volkswagen was building a lot of small trucks in that that era, and they're like, no, you shall not import them to the United States. Any truck that's built outside of the United States, outside of NAFTA, basically, has a huge tariff uh, associated with it. And that's why you see weird stuff like uh, Mercedes-Benz and BMW building all of their trucks in North America right. uh, at plants in the U.S. And you also see weird things like when Ford imports the there, – there's two interesting examples of how this, this law has directly affected the industry. Mm-hmm. The first was back in the 80s when Subaru brought the Brat over. The the weird little two door pickup car thing that they were selling, which should have been Brat. called which should have been called the Baja Sport, the Baja Sport, and <laughs> uh, the Brat is famous for having two flimsy plastic seats in the bed of the car, like with, school like school grade like seats you would give children in 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 school. Yes, and uh, and uh, the reason it had those was Subaru could claim that oh well it's not a truck it's actually a passenger car and uh, blah, 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 it's not for commercial use, and that got around the, the chicken tax. Ford does a similar thing with uh, passenger vans, where it builds the, um, oh, what are they called? The, the, I can't transit, remember that. The, the, transit, the transit Yeah, so they can't bring cargo versions of that over. They have to do it in a kit form, where it comes over with no passenger stuff inside of it. Or sorry, um, it comes over with passenger stuff inside of it, and then they, they remove all of that, and, and then they sell it as a cargo van. It's... it's I'm fudging over the details, but it's called a knockdown kit where they, they, they have to do a lot of port-assembled stuff so that when it is inspected during importation, it doesn't come across as a commercial vehicle, as an actual truck. Um, well, that was fascinating. I'm sure everyone is really into this. this it remind, you know, that whole <laughs> conversation makes me think of the first two Star Wars prequels where it was all about that trade federation or something. I don't even remember. And like there were all these like the Senate was talking about Naboo and some kind of trade agreement. And I was passed out solid. Yeah. I did not care. I stayed and awake. I, I almost stayed awake. Uh, well, that's, I'm sure none of our listeners stayed awake for my okay, totally then let's, fascinating. Let's talk cars. We have to talk cars now. I think that and this is going back to FCA. I think they should just take the 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 grill off of a Ram and stick a Jeep a Jeep grill on there, and boom, they've got a successful Jeep pickup. They could call it the the Ram J. 
<laughs> Ram J. No. Yeah, Ram J. Um, the Wrangler Sport. <laughs> I think they already have a Wrangler Sport. Oh, right. The uh, the. So it'd be the Wrangler Sports Sport. <laughs> the Wrangler Unlimited Sport. That that already exists too. Oh shoot. <laughs> okay, then we should also take the. Because everyone buys just Jeeps. That's a, I mean, I, I'm a simple man. I see a Jeep, I buy it. Like, that's the way I, that's the way I work now. Do as you're told. Um, if they took the Fiat 500 and slapped a Jeep badge on that, boom, Jeep. I'd be buying that. They, 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 well, they did that with the 500X. Yeah. It's called the Renegade. <laughs> Nailed it. But uh, they should make a Renegade Sport, which is just a 500. So it should be like a five. So you're saying that it's just a car with a Jeep yeah, badge. Exactly. And I'm they should fine. call it the Jeep Cimarron. <laughs> Sport. Yep. Um, or the cheap asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> what else would be solid? Now, I'm not, I'm not, okay, maybe I was way off with my, uh, I was actually really way off with my Rogue Sport um, idea, but I think the Honda HRV could succeed as a Acura product if you just made it real, real special. I'm not sure there's any product that can succeed as an Acura product at this <laughs> current other, juncture. Other than the MDX. Other than the MDX and possibly the NSX. <laughs> the RDX is also kind of popular. Is it? Yeah. Is it now? <laughs> okay. What else can we what else can we bring up? Um, what have you been driving? Oh, I've been driving a Mercedes product, which has been has been slightly badge engineered into a uh, Infinity product. Um, I have the Mercedes CLA, which is related to the GLA, which is also an Infinity QX30. Um, anyways, the way to describe this car is a front-wheel drive um, based vehicle. The platform is front-wheel drive based. And I have the all-wheel drive version of it. It has a two-liter turbocharged engine that makes uh, just over 200 horsepower and a good chunk of torque too. Um, and it's attached to a seven-speed dual-clutch transmission that, um, in the past, I was really critical of, and um, I'm still critical of. It's um, kind of clunky and unrefined. Uh, the whole car can be refined. It can be described as such. Uh, thankfully, it has auto engine start-stop, because when you walk up to the car and the engine is running, it sounds like a diesel, and, and not a very attractive-sounding one either. Um the only advantage to this car is it's probably one of the easiest ways to get into a Mercedes um, dealership, the cheapest way to get into a Mercedes dealership, um, and that's it. I, I'm I'm having a tough time describing just what I really like about this car, which is the powertrain is pretty solid with the with the exception of that dual clutch. When you ask for it to go fast, it goes fast. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. It feels like a very aggressive, engaging vehicle in that way. But when you want to just drive normally, like not, without being a jackass, it's really frustrating. Uh, the car doesn't change gears. It seems to rely on a really heavy throttle tip in before it starts moving, and then it just takes off. So I don't know if that's turbo leg or a transmission um, engagement situation. And um, and I don't know. I, it's It just doesn't seem as fully completed as some of the other Mercedes products that I've um, driven and quite like. I'm going to recuse myself from any commentary about the Mercedes-Benz CLA class. Do you have any questions you, you have about it? Have you ever wondered anything about the, the CLA? I have absolutely nothing to say about this car. That's really interesting because this is a very popular product for, for the brand. And um, I have no idea why. I mean, if somebody drives price, a CLA. Price, I mean, lease, I understand price, that. lease, leasing, price. 
I understand that, but if somebody that bu- is the only reason somebody drives a CLA and then drives a C class, there's no way you can look at these two cars and be like, oh yeah, they're they're cut from the same cloth. They're I can real- tell you the person who has the CLA in their driveway can't afford a C class. That's that's the beginning and the end of that. The price in in the U.S. is about the price difference is about seven thousand dollars. But even I mean, look beyond the price. Look at the lease deals. That's that's what's moving these cars. It's uh, it's really tough. Uh, I want to like this car because it's very it's very pretty. And as I said, that power delivery when you when you just stomp on it and watch this transmission go uh, snap snap into the into each gear at like full throttle is actually really good. But when you're just trying trying to drive this car around town, it's it's kind of inf- infuriating. And um, as I mentioned before, if you have the the like windows down and you hear the engine, you're gonna be like, oh, that doesn't sound like a fully framed luxury product at all. Well, Sammy, I feel like you're a very generous and reasonable and fair human being to say these things about this car. I am. I'm serious. I would love to be more critical of this car, but it has gotten better over the years, and um, and I I can I have to I have to I have to respect that. Would I recommend this car? Absolutely not. Uh, I think the A3 is is a far better purchase. Um, and it competes in the same way. It almost has the same specs. Um, and I think the Audi, the Audi A3, and I'm not usually very, very high on Audis, but the A3 is, is fantastic compared to this. I, I 100% agree with you. I uh, think the, uh, in my mind, the A3 is a smaller Audi, and the CLA is not a smaller representation of the Mercedes-Benz experience. Mm-hmm. It's a, it really is a, a completely different product. It's, it just does not feel like the rest of the lineup. Maybe I'm hold, maybe I'm holding Mercedes to way too high of a standard, right? No, well, it should shouldn't you hold them to the highest standard as that's the standard they hold themselves to? Right. Maybe I they feel like the, maybe they're done with that. Maybe they want to go maybe they just don't want that anymore. Well, the podcast has suddenly gotten very very serious. Have that's you true. noticed that? I have. I'm sorry. It's like a dark cloud that's kind of blown in over the podcast right oh, now. No. I'm sitting here shivering, my teeth chattering in my office, wondering why I'm so far away from Sammy. And how technology brings us together, <laughs> and how next week, and how next week we'll actually be together in Meet Space. Oh, that's right. We will be together in Meet Space, which will be a lot of fun because you and I are driving um, brand new Subarus. That's what we're driving. Super cool Subaru WRX and STIs on a racetrack in uh, actually near Ogopogo. Uh, which is what you were talking about earlier, That's the right. lake monster that haunts the uh, lo- Lake Okanagan in the Col- in C- near Kelowna. Um, and that's going to be a blast. Uh, it's going to be uh, there's a great area just to visit and drive in to begin with, but uh, throw in the racetrack element and it's, it's it's that much better. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, for now, I think we should uh, we should close off on this one, right? On this podcast now. Yep, clamp it, stitch it up, it's done. We had a lot of fun talking about badge-engineered cars. And uh, if you want to hear some of the other fun stuff that we've been talking about, you can reach us uh, on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter, and you can reach us on the internet, and you can see the rest of our our episodes. I'm really botching this, aren't I, Ben? You really are. It's terrible. I, I just kind of walked away from the mic. And okay, came okay, okay. Let me let me give it a, let me give it a but shot. You were again. done. You were still blathering on. And <laughs> let me give this a shot again. If you want to listen to the rest of our um, podcast, where we've talked about some far more interesting things than badge engineering, at least things that sound more interesting than badge engineering, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, where we're at um, 
unnamed automotive podcast.com and you'll be redirected straight to our SoundCloud page. Or you can find us on iTunes and Google Play Music uh, if you use either of those you know, podcast delivery services. Uh, and you can also you can also hook up with us. Did you did you talk about Twitter? I, I can't remember. It was just word salad. <laughs> yes, I, I mentioned Twitter in, in addition to a number of other crazy ideas. But yes, you can find us and talk to us. If you wanted to have a, a in-depth conversation with us, you can do that through Twitter. I would suggest Twitter. Uh, well, as in-depth as the character limit on Twitter allows. 140. I mean, but there's it's it's a generous 140 nowadays. Um, you can find me at Sammy underscore ha. Um, that's how, like you're laughing at me as I'm trying to get through this exit and you can find Ben at hunting Ben, Jim in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's that, Ben? What's that? You want me to say that again? <laughs> no, you can find fine. Ben at hunting Benjamin. So yeah, so do that if you understood any of that. And, um, we hope to talk with you again. Well, we will talk with you again next week after our trip to the Okanagan and maybe we'll see Ogopogo. Uh, maybe it will be a life-changing event to see a giant lake monster in uh, a lake that's like what 87 miles long. It's it's it's, it's a crazy huge lake. It might even be bigger than that. Um, in any it's case, it's not a great lake. It's just a it's an okay. It's not it's a not so great lake. Wow, wow, <laughs> a great lake, but not good lake. Exactly. We know the Great Lakes. They're all right here. And by here you mean Toronto, right? It's the center of the universe. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> no. I'm not. I, there's no Great Lake where I am right now. Which but that just... doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> yeah, we well, you know. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk about how great. On this that lake note, is next on, week. on that note, Maple Leafs, Raptors, Raptors, Maple Leafs, and that's the show. Well, you're missing the Blue Jays altogether, but okay. I don't. I wouldn't say I've been missing them, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.